Welcome to the Rock Ag Podcast. This is your host, Garrett Coffey, Ag and Natural Resource Agent for the University of Kentucky in Rockcastle County. Today, we will be joined by Kevin Laurent, Extension Specialist in the Animal Science Department for the University of Kentucky. We'll be talking about ways to add some profit to your cow herd by marketing calves through special sales or even retained ownership to feedlots. Thanks for joining us today, Kevin. Um, I was thinking as the fall kind of progresses here and we're kind of getting towards Christmas that, you know, we, we got some calves or spring calves or are, we're having to do something with them at this point. And, you know, some of them have already been sold. Some of them are still at home. And the thing that I always try to do is that I always try to think of ways to make more money with what I've got and what I've been doing. And so with our calves that we're selling, that are coming off our cows, these spring cows, you know, what, where is some money that we can make, you know, on this set of calves? And I hear a lot of talk about uh, program cattle, um, you know, special sales, you know, we can background at home and that kind of thing. So let's first talk about um, program cattle, I think is a term that I've heard quite a bit. And so what does that mean exactly? What, what are we doing with our program cattle? Well, I mean, that's kind of a general term. It can be specific depending on who, you know, who's talking about it, I guess, which program they're talking about. But these are cattle that are, that are, that are managed for a particular program or management, um, you know, protocol uh, that's going to sell either to in some kind of an alliance or some kind of, in, in most of our case here in Kentucky with small producers would be tapping into one of our preconditioned sales, whether it be CPH or, uh, any of the sales that some of our yards have now, there's a lot of a lot of the stockyards are, are going beyond CPH or having their own preconditioned sales, which is fine. And uh, uh, and, and and you know, so it, they may have different stipulations for theirs, but it's basically cattle that are managed a certain way for that. Um, so is generally in the case. You One know. question that I have about that, and it's something that I've been hearing some some chatter about in places is that we, you know, I think marketing strategies in my area of the state and our area is um, whenever we decide that it's a good day to sell, I think we go out and we herd up some, some green calves and put them in the trailer and take them to the stockyards and we sell them and that's kind of our marketing strategy. But I feel like that as we progress into the future, that, that that's kind of going to be, we're going to get bad discounted for that, I think. And if we yeah. don't have some kind of, of we've done something with them to make them a little more value, you see value added on our market reports. So when do you think that these program cattle are going to be the benchmark and we're going to be taking bad deductions for these green cattle that are going to the yards? Well, I, th I think it's starting to happen already. I mean, yeah, we're, we're probably still a few years off from, uh, from exactly what you just described, but, I mean, we're, there's still a premium, if you will, for cattle that are handled a certain way. Now, all that said, it is going to be discount driven. I mean, you can only give so much for a calf, the next person can down the, the production chain and, and come out on it. You know, uh, you know, they can't just give anything, you know, any old price. I mean, right. hey, you know, there's going to be a limit to premium, but how that's going to be dealt in the future as more and more cattle are handled correctly is the ones that aren't handled correctly are going to be discounted. And I, I guess, you know, I jot down a few little bullet points to, to talk about today. And, and 
anytime I talk about marketing, I start with discounts. I, that's what I start because, uh, you know, program cattle, that might, that term might sound a little, might put, put some folks off uh, that just have 15, 20 cows and, you know, and, and, and not quite as intensively managed, but there's some things those folks can do to avoid discounts, like just castrate your bull calves. Right. There's a lot of bull calves still go to town uh, as intact males um, and go to backgrounders and, and, and that, that are willing to take that calf and, and as long as they can get it as a dis at a discount, they'll take that calf and, and castrate it. Here's the thing about, and I'm gonna get on my soapbox a little bit about bulls, about bulls. Somebody's gotta cut that calf. Right. Why not you as the cow calf producers cut that calf, get it done while it's early, but or you know uh, while it's young, less than three months of age, be less stress on the calf. You got the calf cleaned up already. If you're worried about growth, put an implant. One implant when you castrate that calf is gonna that'll replace the natural hormones, and uh, that calf will wean the same as if he was intact at weaning. Um, but that's the best time, the most humane way to to get that done. Uh, get it done early. And every time I talk about this, invariably I'll have someone come up to me and say, well, you know, those three and four weight calves sell the same bulls and the steers sell the same. I don't see no reason to cut them. And, and you know, in a lot of cases they're right, but when you get to the five and six weight calves, there's a consistent discount. And I mean, Kenny Burdine has been tracking that for years. Yeah. Uh, that discount of five weight bull calves versus steers has averaged eleven dollars per hundred weight over the last. It's going on fifteen years now. There is it. So, and here's the thing. So, I don't think we can stay in the cattle business selling three and four weight calves. So, absolutely I, you know, not. We probably ought to be reaching for that five weight calf. You yeah. know, if our program ends pretty much at weaning, if we can sell that calf at five hundred pounds, but sell him as a steer, ready to go to the next person and make make some money for the next person. I think that's the beginning goal right there. So that, that kind of leads me into where I've got on my next bullet point here that, that where I'm talking is, is just backgrounding our own calves. The first place to start is if whether I've got five or I've got 500, the, the place to start to add a little value would be to background my own calves, cut the bulls, give them around, give them two rounds of shots. Let me back up and let's do two rounds of shots on that. You know, let's get those grouped together. Let's wean them, let's feed them let's do a little background in our calves. I mean, I feel like that's the first place to make a little, a few extra bucks. It, it is, and that's been a consistent returner uh, over the years. I've, I've been tracking CPH returns. I do a net added returns that I've tracked since, really since the early 90s. And um, and I'm, I'm looking at data right here, just from 2005, just in the Guthrie sale in Western Kentucky. Uh, since 2005, I don't know how many sales we've had here, three per year since 2005. That thing is average returns per head, net returns per head, $75. The last few years, we've, we've been over $100 a time or two. So there's money to be made in doing that, taking that next step. I think folks should try to tap into a sale or a program, if you will. Um, you know, whether I know Bluegrass has a new new. Yeah. Graham, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of sales in y'all's area. I guess y'all would sell at Somerset or Richmond or yeah. uh, maybe London. So, I mean, those are the ones nearby to you all. I don't think I'm, help me with my geography. I don't know if y'all yeah. go Mount Sterling. Of course, yeah. Lexington's there down the road too. But those are the, all of those sales, pretty much all the ones I mentioned, have some kind of special precondition sale, whether it's CPH, right. 
or their own, or sometimes, you know, some of them have both, you know, two different kinds of sales. And uh, uh, I don't know, going through the country, whether it's far to go to Stanford. Stanford just had a, a Hereford sale, which yeah. was basically a CPA sale for Hereford sired cattle. Yeah. So there's different sales out there I think folks can tap into depending on what you want to do and what kind of cattle you have. And I think, yeah, I think you'll be rewarded for it for a little bit of effort there. Yeah, I, that's what I had down is that, you know, once you start background and well, if I'm going to background my cattle, then, then, well, let's, let's move them on up to the next step and let's put them in a CPH sale. Yes. You know, let's do that program. Let's put them in. And I know you mentioned bluegrass and, and they've got a program now. I can't remember that they've got them rated like gold, silver, bronze or some, something. Yeah. Like there's that. different levels and they, and yeah. I'm not super familiar with it, but now, but they're also offering CPH, you know, right. Richmond's going to have a CPH. Lexington's going to have a CPH. Plus, they've got some breeder program cattle. I right. think Longgate Angus is having a special sale using their genetics is going to be going through one of those yards. Uh, um, I think Tim White and them might have some type of sale using their Angus genetics. So there's different. Some of the breeders are stepping up and coming up with some different programs uh, to, to tap into also. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I see it and, and I feel like that, you know, um, that's a good way to, to try to push a little bit, you know, like you said, take that next step and, and try to get, um, to get a few extra bucks out of your cattle. I mean, I know you, you mentioned there are two or three times there was some profits, you know, I mean, whenever you start talking 75 or a hundred dollars a head, I mean, let's be honest in today's market, that could be our profit per head. That it is. And, and what you, what, what some people, have to balance is you know if you've got 20 calves well i mean that's that's christmas at my house that's you know? right <laughs> you know, absolutely i would have paid for christmas for my brood back when they were all at home and we gave them all presents you know yes, i mean uh, that's it you know i mean it, it depends on how you value the dollar your time and your effort to do that it's going to take a little effort to do it uh, and i think that's probably more of the commitment that we try to get people to, to sell on more so than the than the actual extra dollars you're going to spend is that commitment of time to try to do the right thing. Yeah. I, I think I wrote an article a while back, something about, I called it the, the last best thing we can do for the calf, you know, yeah. just the pride yeah. and in that calf and getting him ready to get on that truck and go a long distance before, you know, whether he's stopping right there somewhere in, in, in Kentucky in the background of the lot or whether he's going all the way to the feedlot, if we can wean that calf and get him straightened up and get him ready for the next person, the next person has to make money just like you do. Right. We have to make money at the cow calf level. And then everybody down the line, when everybody's making money, we're, you know, the, the industry's helping, you know, right. uh, so often in ag, some, some segment makes money at the expense of another segment and right. can't always, that's not real sustainable, not to use a buzzword, but, that only lasts for a little while and things have to adjust. The market will adjust it. But, you know, if you're a consistent, if you've got, and if you've got several numbers of cows, if you can be a consistent supplier of good reputation calves, you know, they know when, you know, Daniel Coffey's bringing his 20 calves to whatever sale barn on a certain day, people, you know, if the sale barn knows you're coming and you've got, you, you've got those kind of reputation cattle, you're probably going to get that extra bid or two, you know? That's right. 
We, and, you know, and that, I think that helps, you know. I think I've heard you say before, and one thing I always – I think about it a lot is that uh, – I think it may have been in reference to our, our BQA program, but you were talking about, you know, having that pride and doing that, and it's just the right thing to do. The right thing That's to right. do is have these cattle ready, you know, send them down the line. And like you said, when that guy gets those cattle, he goes, hey, those are great cattle. Uh, I want to uh, I want to get his cattle again, and so you've done the right thing by sending good cattle on down the line. Right. Here's something else that it's it's a little different in Western Kentucky because we've got several yards that are way in sales, where the cattle on every on a weekly basis the cattle are weighed on arrival and they're commingled and graded. Okay, which is kind of neat because those are you know. If I've got five, six weight black calves and you've got four, six weight black calves, comparable quality, they're going to get put together and marketed to, you know, together. Now, in, in, in central Kentucky, most of you all's stockyards are way out sales. Okay. Yeah. So the reason that makes a difference, and, it, and I'm not even going to get into shrink. There's differences in shrink, you know, on right. the pay weight and all that. But those buyers know the difference. I mean, it's, it's funny. They, they weigh cattle with their eyes all day long, every day of the week. They're going to adjust their price. That's not what I'm after. What I'm trying to get folks to understand is if you're going to a way out sale, which most of your sales in central Kentucky are way out sales, they cannot commingle your calves. Okay. Your calves have to sell as a, as a group. So if you bring 15 calves and let's split them male and female. So now we've cut them in half and then we cut the differences in sizes. Now we might have four or five different little groups. Yeah. And if you look at the uh, research Kenny Burdine has done, lot size, if you get, if you can get to eight or 10 head in a lot, you can, that's where your biggest bang for a buck. If eight or 10 head can go in that ring together, you've just hit a huge home run on premium. Yeah. You know, of light cattle, like quality, like color, like weight, same sex, you just, you've got a marketing group. Okay. Now one way to attack that, and, and so much in agriculture is so interrelated, you know, is having a calving season. Yeah. Having that calving season, having good genetics on the bull side, having a calving season, you put those two together at the very beginning, and then you manage that calf correctly when he's born and in, under your care. Now you might have a better chance of when you bring those 15 calves. They may only go into three cuts or two cuts, or you know, depending on the case may be. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's that's something to think about. Tightening that calving season where you've got a, a critical mass, a group, a lot size that's attractive to a buyer. We, um, as working as an ag agent, I've been in uh, for almost eight years now. And one thing that I see is that a lot of times, uh, you know, I want to make extra money on my calves, but I don't want to back up two or three steps and manage that bull, that calving season. You know, I just want to, I just want to, in the end, so really, I'm I'm treating the symptom and not the problem right. by doing that. So we want to we want to get to the root of the problem, and we want to treat it all the way across the board. And I feel like a lot of times that that is the case that we try to do that. But you know, at least I guess if we're trying to treat a symptom, at least we're trying something. But you know, if we go all the way across and back up two or three steps and start from the beginning and get these cattle, and then we start doing stuff like, you know, uh, the CPH sales and, and that kind of thing, then we're really getting a lot of bang for our buck by doing that kind of thing. Yep, yep, I agree, I agree. 
One last thing that I would like to touch on before we go is uh, talk about retained ownership to feedlots just a little bit for us and kind of explain that program a little bit and, and tell us how that works out. Well, I'll tell you, I'll just take this opportunity to talk about the what we call the PVAP program, which is our post weaning value added program. Uh, and it's got two options. It's got a precondition option to get people to who have never weaned and preconditioned calves before um, to try to to try to help them along the way through that process. It's associated with a an incentive payment. If they wean and, and we need to gather, we need to get a weight at weaning. There's some requirements there. We have to get a weight at weaning. They have to try to feed these calves like we recommend, all right, for some period of time, at least 45 days, okay, a minimum of 45 days. And they have to sell in some kind of a preconditioned sale, all right? So if they meet all that criteria, what we do is once they do all that, we'll get the, the, the proceeds or the, I shouldn't say the proceeds, but the a copy of their check stub to see how those cattle sold. And we'll run the we'll run a little closeout on that. How much did you spend on feed, vaccination, and whatnot? How much were those cattle worth at the beginning versus how much did they are they worth going through whatever precondition sale you choose to go through? Doesn't have to be CPH. And I'll run them closeout on that. And so if they do all that and we we get to the closeout stage of this thing and get a closeout, they will be um, eligible for uh, actually, in 2021, we just got approval uh, for $50 per head incentive payment, up to $1,000. This past year, it was $30 a head. So any of them that happen to, that we start or sell in 2021, we can actually give them a $50 a head incentive payment. So that's PVAP precondition. The second option is PVAP feedlot. What we're looking for there is <clears throat> same same concept in terms of trying to see trying to identify folks who have never retained ownership through the feedlot, give them a chance to, to, to get a taste of that. And what we do on that one is we're looking at folks who have been preconditioning already. So we want the people who have maybe been at the next level of management already, uh, have been working on genetics, working on weaning and preconditioning, you know, as a rule. And then those cattle, at, at they'll wean, precondition them here on the farm. And then those cattle will be shipped to the uh, feedlot in Iowa. Uh, and the incentive payment for 2021 is going to be $50 per head, uh, up to $500 on that one. Uh, this past year it was $75 a head. That will allow that those, and those cattle will be shipped with other folks' cattle. We'll get a, a semi load together, go to Tri County feeders in Iowa, and, uh, and they'll get carcass data, feed feed gain data and that kind of thing. You'll get a world of data on those cattle. And it's a way to, to, to get a taste of retained ownership, see how their cattle actually feed and grade in the feedlot and, uh, and, and, and kind of see, you know, give you a, a, a thumb sketch of how, you know, your genetics and, and how good your cattle are in, in, in that phase of the game. Um, of the two, what I tell people all the time, of the two, the preconditioning is the most consistent. 85% of the time, and you can look at 30 years data, I guess it's going on now that I've got, 85% of the time, it's gonna pay you dividends, significant uh, net dollars to precondition and wean that calf and selling some kind of preconditioned sale. Feedlot, however, is a little dicey. It's probably gonna be more in that 50-50 range, whether you're actually gonna make money uh, going to the feedlot. The feedlot thing is, 
you really need to have the right genetics. And, and what this PVAP feedlot program I think is kind of neat is you can get a little, you can get a taste of that and see where am I, where do I need, what do I need to improve upon? Because um, Hardin County Extension has been running Doug Shepherd and then been running a feedlot with Tri-County feedlot program uh, prior to, to the PVAP thing. Uh, they've been doing it for, I think, going on 13 years. They're producers who started out early and have stuck with it and have improved their genetics over time. They improve their odds. They're not, you know, they might be more like 60, 40 or 70, 30 chance of making money uh, as opposed to someone who, you know, just starting for the first time. So they've had a chance to see how their cattle are doing, change their genetics, get cattle that'll gain and grade better and that kind of thing. So the feedlot deal, I would approach it with caution if you're not willing to risk losing a little money, yeah. but it's a valuable way to find out, okay, just how good my cattle are and what do I need to do to improve, especially if I'm going to go in a big way trying to market in that, that fashion. That was, that, you know, that was something as you were talking about that, I was kind of thinking my, me personally, I was like, man, that would really, really give you a good idea of actually what kind of cattle you have. You know, I see my cattle until they're, you know, depending on the year and how we decide to market them, you know, I'm getting them into that six to 800 pound range, but to be able to see them go on and, you know, am I, am I finishing out, you know, my cattle finishing like they should, or are they little, little white, you know, are they getting finished too quick or, you know, and really that gives me a, a baseline of, okay, here's where I need to go. This is what I need to be trying to get into my cattle to make them do better down the line. Yep. That's right. That's right. Very good. Uh, Kevin, if there's anything else that you'd like to shoot out at us before we wrap up, um, I'd be glad to hear it. Anything else, you, words of wisdom for us today? Well, yeah, I don't know how wise. Uh, <laughs> one thing, and, and I, it's kind of a favorite subject of mine, and it may not, it's, it's something that not everybody can do. Um, but if anyone out there listening to this is thinking of adding a herd, or starting a, a cow herd from scratch or whatever the case may be, I would just encourage people to look at fall calving. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at the, the historical trends on the market, uh, and it, well, if you just look at the data, uh, the USDA data tells us that almost 70% of the nation's cow herd calves in the spring, calves between January 1 and July 1, uh, and only, 25 to 30% calving the remainder of the year. So the critical mass, there's a, there's a lot of numbers of cattle coming to market based on that. So you'll see your, your historical trends, your light calves are gonna be cheapest in the fall. Uh, your light calves are gonna be highest in the spring when there's less fall born calves on the market. Plus grass is greening up and people are looking for calves to put on grass. Your yearling market, is gonna be, tends to be highest in August because those calves that were born last fall are now ready to go to a feedlot as yearlings. They've just been cheapened on grass all summer long. And now uh, the corn harvest, and generally corn prices tend to trend down in the fall. So that calf is attractive to, to that market. There's less of them. That calf can be put in the feedlot in uh, and, and they can actually, a lot of times that fat cattle, if you look at the fat cattle prices from December to April is your high spot in fat cattle prices. Now why is that? It's usually just a simple fact that there's just not that many cattle. 
It's a supply and demand. You know, our spring, it takes a heck of a spring-born calf to come out of that feedlot in April finished. Yeah. Think about that. If you, you got this calf born in March and you're going to try to get him finished by that next April, it's, it's, it's nearly impossible. So, uh, so, I mean, I would just can, you know, it's hard to just take, if you got a good spring calf and herd, I'm not, I'm not advocating pulling the bull out and, you know, and not <laughs> letting them back up six months or, or, or you know, or uh, put them off six months, but some people have done that. But, uh, but if you've got a chance to start a new herd, I would strongly encourage folks to look at that, look at fall calving. You need a pretty good forage program. You need to realize you're going to have to feed a little. Feeding's going to be a little more of a challenge, but calving, this, the calving weather is going to be better. Yeah. Your, uh, your marketing conditions are going to be better, uh, even the cull cows. So when you sell that cull cow, that's fall calving, you're going to sell her in, in uh, hamburger season, right? Yeah. You know, between yeah. Easter and July 4th is when cull cow prices are the highest. Not only are you going to sell her sometime in that period after you've weaned her calf and dried her up, she's probably going to be 100, 150 pounds heavier than that same cull cow in November mm-hmm. when we probably let her get pulled down a little too much. Grass is starting to run out, and then we send her to town when all the other cull cows are going to town. So right. it's something that's just something I would encourage folks to look at. Um, is, is look at fall calving. I think it's it's got definitely has some merits um, worth considering. I think from our discussion today, probably the most important thing that I can take out of this, uh, all of it, is that um, let's look at our marketing strategies. And there's a lot of places we could probably hit a few extra dollars, and not just with uh, you know special sales or the way we take care of our calves, but as you know. Let's sit down and, and, you know, if you've got questions, then, hey, call myself or Kevin or whoever, and let's, let's work out a marketing strategy for you. You know, whether that means, you know, backing up even a couple of months to, to miss that window on, on your calves or backing, you know, however you want to do it. But let's look at that and let's try to figure out a way to market these cattle in, you know, with supply and demand and, and thought and you know, uh, let's do, let's, let's produce some better calves to send down the road. Um, you know, it's, it's a holistic approach for sure. Yeah. yeah it's like anything and everything seems to interrelate. Yeah. You know? So that's no just the, that's the challenge. That's what makes it so fun, I guess, you know? Yes, sir. That's absolutely <laughs> right. Trying to, trying to win the game always. But fun and frustrating it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, we really appreciate you joining us today, and I think we've got some uh, good discussion points for people, and uh, and we will be glad to answer any questions uh, that relate to marketing or special sales or anything like that. If you would like to be, um, you know, included in one of these um, uh, programs that Kevin mentioned, that you know, contact us. Let us know. We'll get you in touch with him, and uh, any of these special sales, you know, your extension office or or uh you know their websites are are out there for those and you know we can get you lined up with one of these sales for sure sounds good all right man we appreciate you joining us today all right thank you thank you sir thanks for listening to the rock egg podcast if you would like any information on special sales or how to get involved with programs offered through the university of kentucky for selling calves and retained ownership or backgrounding please contact gary coffee at the rockcastle county extension office Thanks for listening. Make sure and like, subscribe, and share our podcast.